All right, welcome back, guys, to another fun and fascinating episode of the Forever Broken Podcast, where we're asking the big questions like, uh, what's shrug life really mean, and who are, or wait, no, who came in Jack? Yeah, we still need to know who came in Jack. Right? We still haven't figured that out, who came in Jack. Uh, So eventually we're hoping to figure that out. Uh, that is the life we live. I am Derek Thompson. With me, as always, is Mr. T.J. Davidson. What's up, guys? And uh, with him, we have special guest tonight and a family member of one of the previous guests we've had a couple times. Uh, T.J., why don't you introduce our new special friend? Yeah, our, our little special friend tonight is uh, Evan Pendleton, which is Ethan's younger brother. So, uh, you know, I've known him pretty much his whole life. So, sorry about that, but shoot me. Anyways, uh, go ahead and tell the listeners who you are and what you do and yeah, a little bit absolutely. about yourself. Um, first off, uh, like I was telling TJ before we started this, uh, the intro to this podcast is uh, pretty solid, so... That's always a plus in my book, some some metal going into it. Uh, like TJ said, my name is Evan Pendleton. Uh, super fortunate to be on this podcast here to bring awareness to uh, some of the mental health issues, uh, specifically in uh, my field of work, which is EMS. Um, and I'm an open book tonight and happy to share anything with you all and have a good time. Hell yeah. So... I actually look forward to it a lot uh, where you are EMS and you've got like a whole different kind of aspect and look into this. Uh, It's nice to have somebody, I guess that's not just a firefighter on the show uh, because we've hit, we've kind of hit that, you know, where we've had a lot of firefighters just a few times and pretty stagnant and getting, you know, other jobs but you know we'll work on it here hopefully i can get next few weeks not being as busy hopefully i can get a few uh police officers and other such professionals on the show as well but uh, i am excited to have evan here i think it's going to be a great time to ask him and pick his brain a little bit on everything so yeah absolutely that being said uh, as everyone knows, we are a mental health podcast, and I think this is going to be kind of a fun chance to actually get uh, to help the EMS world understand that, you know, they're not alone, and we are there to listen, and you don't have to go through this shit alone. You always have somebody there with you. I think it's a shame that... You know, most departments or a lot of departments, you know, whether it be fire, police, EMS, whatever, don't have chaplains right there with them. They might have somebody they can call if they have issues, but let's be real, everybody knows that whenever we have issues, we're just built and taught, brought up to just kind of bury it and deal with it on your own terms or, you know, however however you do that yourself, where I think that most places should have a chaplain there especially after any kind of traumatic event that you go through, 
and they come up to you and ask you, hey, how you feel about this? Like, how you doing? You know, how's everything going at home? Stuff like that, because I feel like that would make a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Evan, you can probably answer this. Um, I'm assuming you guys probably have, like, crisis teams Well, so uh, with that being said, yeah, I'm actually uh, going to talk about this a little bit. And I, was, I was telling TJ a little bit earlier, and, you know, like you said, a lot of the fire departments, which I'm, I'm a part of and uh, super grateful and, and proud to be a part of the fire department that I'm on, um, you know, transitioning, which is where I started, and transitioning to EMS and, uh, you know, kind of getting a taste of uh, what EMS is and stuff like that. But uh you know, with fire, uh, the fire department, you really have like a, a strong brotherhood mentality. And, you know, people are typically, you know, more than happy to you know, talk to you and help you get through stuff and, and, and understand what you go through. And, uh, you know, based in, you know, based on my career, uh, you just really don't see that in EMS. And, and I really want to uh, kind of bring that to the attention of the, of the public and uh you know and and really kind of get that available for you know community of ems yeah well that's another thing too is like yeah guys that you work with will they they go through the same stuff so they understand but usually in these fields they're not like hey man like you doing all right unless they just see you acting a certain kind of way just because again that's just how we're wired we don't as men, you know, we're not supposed to have feelings and stuff like that. So a lot of times, unless you're just showing, you know, obvious signs that you're struggling, your, your, you know, your, your coworkers or whatever probably won't even be like, Hey man, like you good, man. Like, right. How's things going now? Well, you know? and, and, uh, and we can go into a little bit of, you know, kind of my past, but, uh, just, uh, you know, like where I, where I work, I'm very fortunate and uh, we, we kind of do have a closer knit relationship with our employees and, and you know, trying to uh, establish that availability to, you know, help people get through stuff. Um, but I've, uh, throughout my school and career and other uh, places that I've worked, it's just really almost absent. And, uh, you know, and, and, and just like you all talk about all the time, uh, you know, as, you know, suicide rates and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's pretty astonishing uh, how how much stuff goes on without the public knowing, you know, or they may hear about it and they're like, Oh, you know, that's, that's a shame. And, and then just move on. Right. So. Yeah, I think the fact that uh, so many people are just so like, <clears throat> I guess, oblivious to caring about it. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like we're hyper, <clears throat> I'm not, I'm not hypersensitive, but uh, whatever the opposite, I guess. You know, we're so just insensitive. Used to seeing shit. Yeah, insensitive. Yeah, hyper insensitive. Yeah, uh, that we've been Jaded. desensitized to everything. Kinda... Yeah. Right. You know, going on. So we see this shit, you know, and, and, you know, we see veterans killing themselves. We see EMS workers killing themselves. We see all this shit and everyone's just like, they chose that life. 
Right. And, yeah. and, and that's really where I kind of would hopefully like, you know, you all are doing is, is ch- change that, uh, that way of thinking. And, uh, you know, like it, it, it like if, if you got something on your mind, like talk to somebody about it. And, uh, because chances are someone has gone through something similar and, uh, can really help you out or just kind of be there to listen to you. Um, which could mean the difference between, you know, life or death, in my opinion. I'm going to apologize right now. My dog's in here, and he's being a little needy. Go. Go outside. Go. And we all love a dog, let's be honest. But uh, Lay down. We, we do love a dog. If, uh, if I could take a dog on every EMS call, I mean, that would solve most of the world's problems right there, in my opinion. I think so, too. I mean, a lot of the time anyway, it seems like. And I mean, that, that is something that's kind of getting to be available, which I think is neat, you know, seeing how things progress and change. It's, it's, it's always fun and interesting to me. But, oh, uh, oh. no, if there's anything uh, that you guys... Huh? Go outside. Ah, bless. Carry on. Ah, that's all right. Yep. I guess tell us what the latest, what's like the latest stuff that you're dealing with in EMS that's, I guess, harder to deal with or, you know, what's changing? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, we know the last two plus years uh, with COVID-19 uh, has put a really big wrench in, in uh, everything. And really what you're seeing right now, um, you're not seeing very many people jump into the uh, healthcare care uh, system right now. It's just, you know, not very approachable. People are not wanting to deal with that stuff. So what you're getting is a lack of resources. Uh, and the people that are ending up staying in, in this are getting overwhelmed and, uh, you know, uh, just uh, overall stressed out, depressed. I mean, you're just seeing that like crazy. Uh, and, uh, you know, we kind of talked about the National Registry a little bit, which is what, uh, uh, you know, most states and uh, especially where I'm at here in Oklahoma, uh, we, we get our certification through. And uh, the last statistic that came out uh, was, was pretty eye-opening as far as, like, how many newly uh, EMTs and paramedics that are uh, coming through the program. And uh, it was pretty astonishing how low it is, So, which is a kind of a scary thought. Uh, yeah, I think we yeah. touched on that on a few of the other previous episodes. Yeah, so, and, uh, uh, it's, uh, that makes sense. And, uh, you know, and, and obviously... Uh, I mean, pay comes into, you know, effect. Everyone wants to get paid, but, uh, you know, unfortunately it's not the best paying career. Uh, and, and, you know, kind of segueing, uh, segueing to the difference between the fire department and EMS, uh, most of the times EMS services aren't set up with, like, a good pension, uh, something that uh, is, is kind of worthwhile sticking in, staying in the career. I mean, it's a lot of times it's a uh, – bridge to like RN or something like that. Uh, so you really don't have very many career 
EMS people out there. Yeah, and it's kind of sad. I mean, and that was the thing, though, for me, is it seems like if you're doing EMS, a lot of the time it's because it's something that you love doing. Because nobody's doing it for the pay. I mean, you're just not. But like you said, people are getting stressed out. They're getting pushed to their limits, and it's causing a lot of people to get burnt out. You know? Like, I'm sure it'd be super yeah, eye-opening for people outside of EMS to kind of see the turnover rate and what it's like to live a day in the life of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, like a lot of people are kind of weighing their options like, okay, well, if, you know, I'm going to make, you know, depending where you're at on average, you know, fifty to $60,000 a year making or working 48, 24-hour shifts, not being home every night and, you know, not getting sleep. Or can I go work at some fast food restaurant or whatever, making the same amount of money and get to sleep in my own bed at night? Uh, right. You know, and that, and, and frankly, that's uh, that's not a, a hard decision to make, if you ask me. Not for a lot of people, uh, and kind of like you said, where because of the low numbers, I mean, it's like our fire department here. Uh, that's going to be one of the new qualifications or like demands basically part of a contractual deal is that you're going to have to get your paramedic after you get hired, you know, I mean, they're just so short. Well, and that's a, you know, that's a good point to bring up too is uh, the community for the most part does not know the difference between, you know, a basic to a paramedic. Well, paramedics like Paris, so they parachute in, right? That's right. what that is. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, that's what I thought when yeah, I went to school. Right. Like, and then I graduated, and I was like, cool, I have all that for nothing. I've only parachuted in twice. You know, it's horseshit. But it's whatever. I'll get over it <laughs> one of these days. Uh, but, no, I, I love being a paramedic. It's stressful at times, and, uh, you know, uh, kind of going back to it uh you know i started out as a basic and i you know if you ask me being a good paramedic is being a phenomenal basic like you're always a basic at heart but you're just adding on to that knowledge with the paramedicine so yeah, you're just um, adding you know skills small skills that really tap on on top of it but i mean at the core of it all it comes back to being a good basic Absolutely. I've got, there's some some basics that uh, work for us that have been a basic for many years. And, I mean, I trust them uh, over a lot of newly certified paramedics. You know, I'd rather work with uh, a solid basic EMT. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. I can understand that. And, you know, I was trying to do the same thing, so I get it. Well, this, that's kind of a, it's a strange job field when you really break it down and think about it. You know, you have to have a, a certain level of, um, I don't know, empathy for, for people. Um, you have to have it in your heart to really want to help people. It's not just a job. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a difference between right. being a paramedic and being, you know, a mechanic or, you know, fucking whatever else. But 
you're not just going there and like, yeah, I'm just going to clock in, do my 10 hours, 8 hours, 12 hours, whatever your shift is, and go home, and that's it. Like, yeah, fuck them. there to make a paycheck. You know, like, if you're, if you're doing this job, like, you're dealing with people's lives, you know, and I don't remember who said this, if it was maybe Gil when we had him on. Um, you know, you might not think that it's a big deal to you, but when you're on that call, that's a very big deal. Like, that's like the, a very huge deal in this, these people's lives at yeah, that time. It's- you know? Something that we had always been told to. I mean, exactly that. I mean, just because it may seem annoying to us at the time, this is their worst day that they've had. That's why they're calling. Yeah. It's an emergency to them. Well, and, and that, that that's a great uh, point, too, um, because, you know, frankly, I am probably 100 times more happy to go pick someone off the floor, you know, if they've fallen, uh, who genuinely need help. And, of course, you have, you know, kind of the big problem in our industry is you have the people who strictly take advantage of the fact that, hey, they think we're a taxi service. You know, we just come pick yep. them up and take them to any hospital yep. that they want to go to. And and I think that really is what uh, wears on us the most. Um, and, uh, you know, the kind of the public's view as far as uh, ambulances go, is they see us as a, a, a an Uber ride, and uh, you know that's. Uh, I tell you what, it's a fucking really expensive not what we Uber are. ride. For... Yeah, no shit. Well, and uh, you know most people don't know this, but uh, we're, well, for instance, uh, my company, we're a private private company. Uh, so we get zero funding uh, other than the, you know, towns that we serve. Uh, we have contracts, and uh, we, we uh, get funding through, like, transfers and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, most people think, oh, my insurance will pay for that. Well, yes and no. There, you know, there's so much to the billing as far as, so. Uh, yeah, you have to meet you know, certain you may, criteria. Yeah, absolutely. And, um you know, and, and going back to struggling companies, uh, you know, cost of uh, supplies are going up tremendously. And, uh, you know, diesel is going, we, we have some diesel trucks. And, uh, uh, you know, that's just really starting to add up. And, uh, you know, is it really worth it? You know, some of these companies are like, well, I don't know if we can, you know, really keep up with the demand here and so and then they can't afford to pay their employees more so it, it really is kind of getting you know most services around here are kind of lacking employees and you know, so well, shit, it's tricky the cost of diesel kind of i mean stuff, fuck right, right now or i'm just gonna say five dollars a gallon because it's always yeah. around there but five dollars a gallon and then you're driving 30 miles to get somebody one way and then your truck gets, you know, 10 miles to the gallon, add that up. Right. Like, that's a lot of fucking money yeah. right there. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, going back to it, like, we'll say, you know, you're a Medicare patient, and our base rate for a transport is $1,300. Well, Medicare is going to go in, and they're going to, you know, start knocking away what they don't deem is payable, and, you know, so by the end of it, we may get 300 bucks out of that $1,300 that insurance company is going to pay. Mm-hmm. So, 
uh, you know, with fighting with insurance companies, and I mean, it's. Uh, so you covered your fuel to go get them. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's actually the job I think I would want less than look, being like a fucking CNA or something. Like I think I would hate to be the like uh, I, our lady here. I mean, kind of love her, but uh, she's super good about getting everything out of these insurance companies. But I would hate that job. Oh, there's. I, I couldn't imagine. I'm so thankful that I don't have to do it. But what we do have to do that mo- most people don't realize is paperwork after transporting Every patients. Every call. And, uh, and they don't teach you that in school. And uh, that is how we get paid. Uh, that's how, you know, if we get subpoenaed to court, like if it's not in that documentation. It's got to be documented. Uh, you know, you may- and, uh, so that, and that adds to the stress of the profession for sure, 100%. Yeah, especially um, when but, you're, uh, you know, you eight know, you calls deep and you still haven't had time to do your first report. Yep, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I, that's, oh. Bro, it, it's it's a fucking struggle, man, yeah. Because then you're trying to remember details from the first call that you had that day and you're just like, God damn, is that mm-hmm. fucking... Well, on, on top of, you know, uh it's just not a healthy profession. Like, you, you know, you, uh, fitness isn't really, uh, promoted it's mental not, health. It's not pushed on you guys to, you know, to stay fit. You get a call, a trans transfer at three o'clock in the morning. You're going to stop it on cue on the way back and get you, you know, a 44 ounce Dr. Pepper and whatever you can do to. And a hot dog that's fell on the floor three there, times. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, so now you, you, you top unhealthy living on top of lack of sleep, uh, crappy hours. The stress hours. and anxiety of it. Yep. God, well, it's a good thing you're a man, so just fucking deal with it, you know? Hey, I'm, I'm trying. Just fucking man up. Which is the stigma we're trying to do away with here, which is why we have this podcast, people. I'm all about it's uh, getting people to, you know, if they need help, here I am. Yeah, it's actually just, I mean, it, it is crazy to me. I always thought it'd be fun, uh, you know, because uh, we did 24-hour shifts. I always thought it'd be fun to do a heart rate monitor uh, at night when the tones go off. Just to see the amount of stress that gets put on the heart every time mm-hmm. you wake up to the tones just yep. going off like that. Because you know you're going from, like, 50, 60 to 120. Yeah, like at at the snap of your finger. Like, I mean, right then. You know. So, so I was going to ask you earlier, and um, what, you guys just do McLean County or? Yeah, uh, so I'll just uh, shout out. I work at Wadley's EMS. We're a private owned company. Uh, super great company to work for. Uh, got uh, some really good uh, uh, employers, and uh, but we where we're at, we cover mostly in McLean County. We have a station in Stratford, which is in Garvin County, I believe, yep. a little bit further uh, east, and then we also cover the town of Winniewood, which I don't know if you're familiar with. Uh, Joe Exotic is where 
<laughs> yeah. Winnie Woods at. So um, we have quite a bit of coverage area, and we run two full-time trucks. Uh, if we got uh, enough to staff a third truck during the day, we'll uh, also run that as well. How many shops do you guys have? Just that uh, one in there? And... We've got a Purcell station, and then we also got a Winnie Wood station. Okay, all right, station. so you got, you got two stations so. in. That's a that's a pretty damn big area. Yeah. I don't know the, the mileage of it, but... Um, but it's a lot. It's a lot. Oh, we also run parts of Cleveland County as well. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's that's a pretty large area to cover. Mm-hmm. But we do it. You call, we're coming. Yeah, it may take us a bit to get there, but... Do you guys ever work with... Um, uh, who's it now? First Flight or... Yep, so... Uh, we got two flight companies that we work uh, that we work with. Uh, Air Evac is one. Yep. Uh, and then uh, uh, Survival Flight is Survival the other. Survival Flight, yeah. yeah. Now, did they get rid of the the Chickasha station? That I could not uh, could not answer that. I think there's one in Lawton now. Yeah, I know there's one in Lawton. Uh, there's one in uh, Duncan. I think Duncan is, is another one. I think they got rid of the Chickasaw. Chick- yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure they did, which is not a good thing for our area because Chickasaw is a 30-minute drive to where Lawton's, what, an hour and a half? Right. Duncan's similar. Right. You know, like, yeah. I think, like, personally, in my opinion, we should have one in Purcell because that's kind of yeah, the central. The big argument there is will it take more time to – Get a bird launched. Are you saying station one in Purcell? Yeah, yeah. For keep keep one in Purcell. Yeah, for survival yeah. flight. Yeah, or you know whatever company. Right. But I'm just saying like a, a medibac. I, I guess we're we're kind of in this weird area where we can if get someone up to OU like because typically if we're flying somebody we're 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 getting up to the trauma center right. right. Uh, so by the time like we get somebody loaded up we we can get them to OU in 20 minutes or whatever so you're talking like by Purcell by, by roads yeah like I-35 if you're saying if there's a helicopter in Purcell yeah and we have a call in Purcell well I'm just saying if we have a call like anywhere in the vicinity yeah. because Purcell's they, damn sight closer than Duncan and fucking Lawton they, they've definitely talked about having one there for a while and I don't you know, know why they haven't pulled the trigger so I'm sure it's I'm fascinated politics and money thing. but uh yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, our coverage area, you know, we we, we run quite a bit of rural uh, EMS, and uh, right. we, we don't have the luxury a lot of times of having extra sets of hands, uh, you know, and it may take us 20 minutes or 25 minutes to get out to whoever called us. Uh, so, yeah, we, we may definitely be out, uh, out of ways from any additional resources for sure. Which adds to the stress, you know. Well, I will say, like you guys are pretty damn good at it. I don't know if y'all get the call before we do or what, but I'm some on the Washington Fire Department, yeah. and shit, I live, I don't know, like maybe 300 yards from the fire station, yeah. and I'll get the tones, and I'll go to the fire station, and get in the rescue, and head out, and I'll either get there like five minutes before you guys do, or right at the same time, right, and. I mean, shit. It's a. I think it's a seventeen-minute drive from. 
from your station to, to here at least. Yeah, maybe. I mean, something like but that. You got to realize too. Uh, you all have to get out of bed and, and and you know drive to the station and get your truck and then. Right. Um, so. So it's a pretty impressive response time. Yeah, know. we we definitely try. Um, you know, but with well, that, that that's what makes the difference though. I mean, in certain situations, people have just minutes to live. So. Well, and 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 that's right. Really, like what I've really been pushing. I talked to you a little bit about this. Is going to all these uh, local fire departments that are in our coverage area yep. and, uh, you know, kind of building connections with some of these volunteer, you know, fire services and get, letting them, you know, understand how our equipment operates. If And, and if you all want to help us out, like, we're more than happy to have that extra set of hands. Well, that's what the volunteer fire department is for, is yeah. to help you guys. Like, that's the whole reason we go on these medical calls right. is to assist y'all. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's a great idea because you should – build some rapport with your medical staff also if you the more you know the people that you're working with and stuff like that you're going to build like you're going to build some camaraderie there oh i'm all you know what i'm saying yeah for sure so and everybody knows it doesn't matter what job you work in if you know somebody and and you like that person the workflow is a lot smoother and a lot easier and more efficient. So I think that's a great idea, just to get out there, the well, departments that you work with, you know. Yeah, you know, and and listen, I started out as an, on a volunteer service, like that's where I started. Right. And I, you know, and and so my my thinking is, is hey, there may be somebody that genuinely is thinking about, you know, doing this for a career, and you know, they're willing to learn and they want to learn about the industry, and uh, you know, I tell my medics all the time, like if there is a, a, a you know, a firefighter that wants to jump in and learn, you better let them, you know, and, you know. Right. And, and that's why I tell, all, you know, when I go around these fire services, like, hey, if I've got a medic that was, you know, a, a jerk or, you know, an asshole or whatever, let me know and I'll correct that issue because we're we're a cohesive unit here. And, well, you same know, team. You yeah. know, like we're, we're... We're doing it for the betterment of the patient, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's all about the community. You know? Yeah. Now, now, were were you worked in EMS? Were you a fire based service, or were you a private or hospital? We were city. Okay. So we are city fire city EMS. Uh, used to do transports. They gave that up. Now we have a private company here that does transports. Yeah, sometimes those uh, those hospital inter inter facility hospital. Uh, transfers they they can be grueling for sure yeah and i did that for a little bit as well um you know i just it wasn't as it wasn't the EM, ems side of it i you know i just i have lived and breathed the emergency medical side right love that you know i love the stress and the because it's i have this weird like i don't you know, I've had talked to many doctors, but you know, like under extreme stress, I'm great. Cool right. as cucumber. Right. You give me a little bit of stress, I freaking lose my shit. Like I just turn into a full retard as soon as you add just a little bit of stress, and it's just a little small stuff, just nitpicks away. You can't deal with it. But you throw somebody in my lap that's dead, and I'm like, ah, hey, cool. All right, I know exactly what to do. Right. You know. Well, and, and that's, you know, since 
I, I do a little bit of teaching at the community college up in Oklahoma City as well, you know, and, and I, I try to, you know, let some of these students and, and even the people that I work with, I'm like, you know, not one single person is the same person. Like, you don't have to do things the exact same way. Like, you're an individual. Like, you have things that you, you know, you process things differently. You may, you may be really good at medications, um, you know, and not so good at, like, innovations and stuff and uh, or, or vice versa. And, 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 and to me, I think a lot of people struggle with that. Like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm a failure. I'm not good at this job. You know, I spent all this time in school. I don't feel prepared. Um, you know, and, and I think that right there, you know, they'll get their first serious call and they'll just right off the bat. I mean, they're just kicking themselves, you know, down. And I'm like, hey, like, I've been doing this for seven, seven years now. And uh, I still make mistakes, you know, mistakes happen. And uh, we, we, we just got to be Absolutely. there. We got to be there for each other. And and it's, it's in those moments that, uh, you know, we uh, we got to help each other up for sure. You can't be perfect all the time. And, you know, that's like what you were saying earlier, you know, where having a great EMT in a paramedic shoes, you know, where it's just like they're they're cool, calm, and collective because they don't have the added stress of being the paramedic as well. Right. And they can kind of sit there and be like, hey, I've been doing this with you guys for this long. You know, I kind of know. They know what's going on. Right. Like 90% of the time, they know exactly what we're doing, why we're doing. And right. they'll kind of every now and then be like, hey, you remember to check this or that? Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, did you get a second uh, large bore IV on the trauma patient? Absolutely. And you're just like, oh, yeah, shit, that's a great idea. Yeah, you should do that. Like, yeah. Well, I, you know, and especially new paramedics, I think, you know, the, the tunnel vision really starts to take effect. Um, uh, you know, they, they keep adding more, uh, you know, stuff for us to do more protocols and you know medications that we got to give and well if we give a medication we got to worry about contraindications you know what happens if we give this medicate medicine uh we have another medicine you know sometimes we forget about the overall picture like there there could be a you know something basic that hasn't gotten done and could fix the problem or you know there's a piece of information that we didn't really think about that you know your your partner uh, is there to help you out I legit think the one that always got overlooked for me was nitro and uh, the contraindication of Cialis or Viagra in the last 24 hours. Mm -hmm. I always forgot that one. And it wasn't even because like, you're just not expecting to go on some old dude with a raging boner, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, and, like you said, you get tunnel vision. You're like, oh, I can finally give this medicine or this patient needs this medicine. And then you give it and that patient tanks on you. And you're like, what the hell did I just do? You know, yeah, and what then, did I just miss? And then, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, you miss the little things. But, uh, you know, that's that it, it happens. And, and I, you know, I just want people to understand, especially in my field, like, hey, like no one's perfect. We're. You know, I was told, like, we're, we're always trying to make the patient better. Like, don't make the patient any worse than they are. Or, you know, we're, we're genuinely there for to help them out. And because uh, I think sometimes the community, you know, we, we get patients who get angry with us because we, we won't do anything. 
you know, uh, you know, the community expects so much from us, and uh, it's sometimes it's hard to deal with when when you have a, you know, patient that doesn't want to cooperate with you or is treating you like shit, and uh, you know, you start to think, well, why should I help this patient? You know, like these are the questions that we ask ourselves all the time. And, and, and I think it's important that we talk about them and, um, you know, try to educate the community what we're actually going through and seeing our side of it. Well, so that's a good point, though, to educate the community on what you see and what you deal with on the daily. Because a lot of people don't realize it. Or you have, you know, TV shows like, I don't know, was it like Chicago mm-hmm. PD and Chicago Fire and all that bullshit? And they they glorify how. What do you mean? You mean those aren't super realistic? <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, like, like glorify the whole like. I go back to like war movies, you know, when they're talking about you know this this veteran has PTSD, and then somebody comes in and tries to rob his house, and then his PTSD takes over, and he just kills them all and goes on this rage, and now he's this big hero, and like that's not how shit works, you know what I'm saying? Like, they. The PTSD uh, of all this, whether you're a military veteran or in EMS services or fire or whatever, like it doesn't make you a fucking superhero. It it it, it breaks you down mentally. Like over time, you can't sleep at night. You have nightmares, and then whenever you do like get into certain situations, you might freeze up sometimes. You know, and it's not it's not a good thing. Like. TV shows and, and movies like to portray. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that people realize the stuff that, you know, the EMS service or firefighters see and deal with and how much it fucks with you, you know, like, yeah, especially if, if you have a family, you know, like for me, everything changed once I had kids, you know, stuff didn't bother me then like it does now. You know what I mean? It's just, it's crazy. And then you have to deal with this stuff, and you see it, and you have to, there's no real outlet. There's, it goes back to, you know, a lot of departments don't have chaplains, like people that come and check on you about it or whatever, and you don't really have an outlet. You just kind of have to figure out how to deal with it yourself, which is a well, problem. Well, that comes back to some of that shit from uh, our gosh uh, darn brain farting hard uh, building grit episode yeah with Nick Wingo uh, yeah with Nick and uh, you know him sitting there and saying and, and I think it applies to a little bit more than just your spouse but definitely your spouse uh, with doing those sanitized statements where you come in you can explain to them what you did without giving them all the Right. You know, and I think that's something that gets overlooked by all of us is that our spouses or our significant others want to be there and they want to help. And we don't give them the opportunity at all because we're just so focused and laser lasered in on like, no, nah, I can't like I'm not going to share this. I'm not putting them through it. Well, you're not putting them through it. You're giving them an opportunity to understand what you're going through. Yeah. 
and, and that and that's a good point because I really think uh, it, it's a big step, you know, to when you finally do open up to someone and, and building that trust. Um, that's a huge step, uh, you know. Like like TJ Absolutely. said, we you know we we're we're told to bottle it up and you know like just deal with it, and uh, that's just not the way to go. Um, and you know you know kind of going back to you know what I dealt with, uh, still you know to this day you know I'm getting better about it. He's like you know people come up and they don't really know about you know, what you do or, but, you know, the first question they ask is, oh, uh, you know, what kind of crazy stuff have you seen? Or I bet you've seen some crazy stuff, um, you know, or what, what is the worst thing that you've ever seen? You know, and, you know, and I would, would want to want to respond, oh, you want me to tell you about a time in my life where it probably was the shittiest part of the day and describe in detail what I saw, what I did, how I was feeling, you know, to someone that has no comprehension of what that is. In reality, they're, they're just generally interested and, you know, want to know what you're doing. And, and, and that's trying to see that from their perspective uh, is, is difficult a lot of times. But fuck those people right. at the same time. Like, Get your fucking shit figured out. Quit asking those stupid ass goddamn people questions. Were you saying people with vets where they're like, did you kill somebody? Oh, I'm a people to kill. Right. You know? I, I fucking hate that. Yep. You know, how many people did you kill? I'm like, well, that depends. You're talking like men with children. Like, hey, let me just, just tell you about all my fucking emotional, you know. All the worst times of my fucking yeah. life what I was going through, um, you know, and it, it, it's hard to come to terms with the fact that, Hey, it's this moment that, yeah, maybe I should probably talk to somebody about this stuff. Uh, you know, it, that's just in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I always try to ask a little bit lighter questions. Like I'm always just like, what was the funniest call you've been on? Oh yeah, there's there's a lot of those stories you can come up with. I'm sure you have probably more because, than I do, but because it it elicits a time in your career that you were having a good time, right? Not and, and know, that is shitty times in the career. That is important because in this industry, you definitely you know not every most of the time it's not balls to the wall. I mean, you, you know you're. You're going on your BS, you know, frequent flyer. Uh, you know, you're going on someone who, to them, like you said earlier, is the worst day of their lives, but you show up and it's a stub toe or something, you know. Like, yeah. and, and, you know, I've been doing this for so long, I'm more than happy enough to take those patients to the hospital. You know, it's, I will do that any day. I will take whoever to, you know, then dealing with traumatic, you know, injuries and, and, uh, you know, all that nasty stuff that we do. So yeah, you're radioing in, you're just like, we're bringing in a patient, high frequency, low acuity. Yeah, absolutely. Like you don't have to do anything. You just sit there and talk to them and, uh, you know, get to know people. And, and that's a big part of our job is talking to people 
while we're working, but when we're not working, we tend to not talk to people, we tend to bottle it up, right? Exactly. Uh, so it, it, it's kind of a weird dynamic when it comes to the industry and, um, uh, you know, and it's interesting. Talking goes so far, and I don't think most people recognize that. Um, that's something that I've just kind of been, you know, kind of watching and understanding more and more as I grow older and older, you know, but, uh, just watching how you can change somebody's day just by asking them a simple question, uh, you know, for the good or the worse, you know, right. It, it's crazy how much just having that conversation, having interaction will make or break something. Well, and, and, and again, I, I keep harping about my company. We're, we're not like a big company, so, you know, we've got kind of a smaller-knit group of employees who we know each other and we build relationships. We're not like a big, massive, uh, you know, uh, company that runs hundreds of employees. Um, so where those companies, I really do, I'm kind of concerned because I'm like, those people, they're not getting what we're getting and I and and I really am concerned about that, and and so I, I wish everybody in this industry had, you know, a good uh, a good boss to work for, and the money was great, and everyone got along. That's not the case all the time, but uh, kind of have that brotherhood uh, mentality of like, hey, we're in this together. We're not just another person that shows up, clocks in, twelve hours later, leave, go home. Right. I think another thing too is like you guys have like that sense of community, you know, because you guys, where you work is the people you live with. Right. You know what I mean? So, as an example, like Oklahoma City being so, so big with so many people or whatever, working up there, like, you know, you go on calls and what are the chances that you you run on somebody that you know or somebody that is like your buddy's family or, you know, but here, that's very likely. There's a very good chance that you're going to run on a call of either somebody you know or somebody you know of. Right. You know, which is, right. I think, makes that, it's a little bit more personal, you know, to um, to you guys. and Which, I'm not saying that if you don't know them, you're not going to try as hard or, you know, try to help them any more or less. Right. But it does make a difference. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and then, you know, you... you these people see you doing this and that's what they it's their perception of your company you know what i'm saying like how you handle yourselves or whatever right. while you're there <clears throat> so there is a little bit more of um hey like i have to be professional while i'm here because you know there's a solid chance that the people that i'm working with mm-hmm. at this incident right is gonna know you know my boss or people that i work for and or you know people i work with and stuff like that right I mean, definitely working in the community that you serve has pros and cons to it. Right. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you right now. Um, I mean, I cover my brother's house. You know, my service covers. Yeah. And, and I definitely want my medics to be uh, competent and know what they're doing. And, and I, I strongly am uh, very confident that they do. And, and uh, you know, my parents are... Uh, not that far away as well and you know and so uh, it's a terrifying thought honestly 
to, uh, you know, but I'm also not living, you know, I'm not, I don't know how to word it. I understand that things happen and, uh, you know, anything can happen at any moment, right? Right. And you try to, you know, like, okay, can I, will I be prepared, I guess, is the, probably not. Yeah. You know, probably well, not. a good example was a few months ago when your brother tried to cut his arm off with that damn angle, angle grinder, oh, you yeah. know? Like... Yeah, that, uh, so... <clears throat> That's a funny story. Yeah. Now it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, so I uh, I was at the station. I was working a truck. And Tones called, say, respond to our local hospital for a emergent transfer for an arterial bleed. Yeah. Show up. I walk in the hospital. They say, hey, do you have a tourniquet? I said, yeah, I got a tourniquet. Well, go get it. This guy needs one. So I run out to the truck, get our tourniquet. <laughs> Walk back in. I say, what room's he in? I said, room whatever. And I walk around the corner, open the curtain. Hey, what the fuck? <laughs> I said, you gotta be shitting me. <laughs> and he's like, hey, man. <laughs> What's up, dude? What's up? <laughs> and I'm like, what did you do? Like, oh, that grinder broke off. And, of course, blood's everywhere. And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, so we, we put the tourniquet on him. And uh, I, I transported him to the hospital, you know. And uh, it was definitely... A, uh, an eye-opening moment for me. Uh, you know, I did what I had to do, but... That's just scary. It, your mindset... My, it, it, it scared me a little bit because, you know, you have a mindset going into something. Right. And then you throw this extra variable in there. Yeah, well, it's your fucking brother. And it, you know. And it throws it off. Yeah. You're like, I've never dealt with this before. But, uh, no, I wor- it worked out in the end, and... Uh, he he probably just needed a band-aid honestly um yeah i'm sure that's all it was yeah but uh i remember seeing pictures of it uh, well the funny thing is is when he got to the er so the person that worked on him in the er mm -hmm. was my sister-in-law yep yeah i remember that you know and of course you know she's known him since i mean fuck i think we we've been friends since like second or third grade yeah you know what i mean so she she's known him pretty much his whole life you know what i mean like well, so getting to that point, I was like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, it's funny you bring that up because every time I would take a trauma patient there and she was in there, I was like, God dang, she looks really familiar. And, you know, she would be taking notes or whatever. And, uh, and she never put two and two together. And then finally that day, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, makes yep. sense now. But, uh, but no, it's uh, it, you definitely changing your mindset. Uh, it is difficult at times. So, well, like you said, just throwing that that extra variable in there because you were you just got a tone or whatever. So mm-hmm. you go and you you it's regular day dealing with regular shit. You get there and you're gonna work on a patient, and now it's your brother. Right. Like that. That's completely fucking different because you can't. There's no disconnect there. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like. Normally, when you work on somebody, or say there's a car crash, right, mm-hmm. and there's somebody there that's yeah. pretty fucked up, and you can just go over there, and you can do your job to keep them alive, mm-hmm. to get them to the hospital, right? So right. the hospital can try to save their life, or what do they have to do? But then when you get there, and you see that it's your brother, or somebody else that you know, right. like, now you're like, oh, fuck. Like, it just, it, like you said, just throws a wrench in the gears, mm-hmm. because now, like, you... 
you're probably not thinking as straight as you are normally. Right. Your emotions are involved now. Yeah, yeah. Well, now you're, yeah, you're definitely like, you have a connection with this patient, right. so it's, it's not just a regular day anymore. Right. You know. Right. But. That's that's one of the things. So I was, I was going to ask you earlier. So whenever you do have shitty calls mm-hmm. and shitty situations, how do you deal with those personally? So personally, I've gotten better. Uh, I uh, I've always kind of been a quiet quieter person, kept to myself. Uh, you know, not much of a talker. Um, so this is definitely a, a, a step outside my comfort zone. Um, but uh, initially, not so good. Um, you know, definitely keeping it bottled up. And, uh, you know, my, my biggest thing was finding somebody to relate to right. that I could communicate with um, on, on, on that level. Uh, you know, someone that had the same, of, some sort of understanding of what I might be going through. Right. And, uh, and, and that was hard at first. And, and uh, and so, you know, I'll be honest with you. Uh, for the longest time, you know, I, I struggled. You know, uh, and uh, pretty dark places. Uh, you know, definitely did not want to be social. Right. I uh, wanted to be at home by myself, which is not the appropriate thing to do, in my opinion. Uh, no, sitting, I agree. Sitting there with your thoughts. Um. So, uh, you know, I think me uh, growing up, I, I'm very fortunate. I had a, you know, awesome family. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've always had kind of a, a mindset for, you know, being physically active. And, you know, so that, that really has helped me out quite a bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, initially not so good. Uh, but over the time getting to know people and building connections and and uh you know building trust with trust with people um has helped out a lot too so but there there are definitely still dark times um uh you know i think a lot of us have the feeling of failure um yeah that's natural and uh you know I, i one of the biggest things that i dealt with uh was you know feeling like a failure and, you know, also being alone, you know, feeling like you're alone and not having anyone to turn to. See, and that's what we're trying to do here is let people know you're not alone. Right. There are hundreds of thousands of people right. dealing with the same you things that you're family. dealing with. Right. And that's what we're trying to do. You know, we have the Facebook page, mm-hmm. which I'll go ahead and plug. That's the Never Broken Society of Misfits. Yep. Um, hit us up on there get on there and like us or whatever mainly we just share you know inappropriate memes well you know. but it's also a place where if you're having issues you can reach out to us you know me Derek Gabe whoever Ethan you know everybody else that we've had on here and uh, just talk to us you know so let us know like what's going on like just because you're not alone like we all deal with shit you right. know but and usually um, you can find somebody in the group that'll have a yeah. conversation right yeah or just just post something on the group like hey like i'm having a hard time you know like give a little bit of background like you know i'm fire or ems or right military veteran and then that's all you gotta do and 
you're going to get messages mm-hmm. off of that right there. Right. And then, um, you know, we're just trying to build a community to let people know that, like, you're not alone. There is other people out there that are dealing with the same things that you're dealing with. Right. And we're here to, to talk to you, man. Like, right. let us know what's going on with you so we can try to help get you through it, you know? Right. But um, back to my original question is, so say you go on a call, like, how do you deal with that call, like, right then? when it's happening how do you you know you know right then um you know hopefully your you know training kicks in you have a job to do you just got to do it get it done whatever needs to get done get it done uh uh, not you know you got to kind of take everything in instantly make critical quick decisions um uh, so right then you really haven't processed that yet yeah. It's just more of like a job, get it done. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, kind of after everything, the call said and done or whatever, that's kind of when it kind of all settles in. You kind of had a moment to process it. Uh, so what do you guys do then? Is it like kind of a dark humor thing? Start kind of joking about it a little bit or? You know, it, since I took this full-time job as uh, what I'm doing now, um, kind of a supervisor, uh, you you kind of got to get to know in your your employees and you know because like I said everyone's a little bit different and uh, you know not everybody's the same way not everybody deals with things you know through dark humor humor uh, a lot of people do uh, use dark humor um, so I think it's important to kind of get to know people on an individual level and uh, understand what's the best way for them to you know process and communicate what they're going through um so that's it, been a learning experience for me uh you know and i value my employees uh, i want them to uh definitely feel like they can come to me and talk to me um and uh you know if dark humor is one of the way to do it then hey that's great if uh you know you're more of a you don't want to talk privately and pro- uh, talk it out and i'm cool with that too uh, so, uh, j- you know, just trying to understand everybody's a little bit different. And, uh, you know, I-, I think sometimes we get caught up in the dark humor thing. Not everybody deals with it, uh, you know, in-, in that manner. So, Well, yeah, and a lot of people, that that could make it worse for them also. Exactly. So, I mean, that's I always bring up dark humor because that's just how we deal with things. You right. know, like I know for a fact, like myself, Derek, mm-hmm. Gabe, oh, like yeah. we, that's, that's, that's our thing, right. you know, like, right. and I understand not everybody's like that, you know, which is something that, uh, you know, like, like I said on the Facebook page or whatever, like that's one of the things we do most is just our humor, you know, like, yeah. or, and I think it's important for the community to understand like, Hey, these, you know, this is an avenue for you all and for us to, to vent and, right, um, you know, like we have a community that we you know get along with and uh that's just how we we are and uh, and i think the community needs to kind of understand it and accept that so well i like the way you 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 phrase that that's how we vent right right so think about it like this if you have all this stuff built up right mm. so just say you put it in like i don't know a term everybody can 
uh, relate to. It's like a, like a little a gas can, right? Right. You have a gas can, and it's full of gas, and it's setting out in the sunlight. Here in Oklahoma right now, what was it a couple days ago? 113 degrees. Right. Yep. yep. You know, it's sitting out there in 113 degrees, and if it's if there's not a vent, it just it just swells that gas can up, right? And eventually, if you don't do something about it, there's a good possibility that, that motherfucker might just explode. Yep. Right. Yep. But if you had just had a vent in there, mm-hmm. then it would vent out and the pressure wouldn't build up as much. Yep. Or you could release some of that pressure. Absolutely. You know, so everybody has a different way to vent. And I think that's a very important thing that we need to do is figure out what you need to do mm-hmm. to vent. You know, whether it be talking to your friends or, you know, the whole dark humor thing while it's happening to keep keep you from exploding at, at that moment. Right. You got to vent because eventually, if you don't, you're just going to explode or, you know, implode. Absolutely. Or start the podcast, do whatever you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That's what we did. We all had issues. Yep. And we wanted to help other people. So here we are. Fucking bam. Well, and and that's awesome. Issues together. Right. Yeah. Now we're all fucked up together. Together. Yeah. No, that's. Super glad you uh, you all started this because, uh, like I said, I've had so many people you know in confidence come up and talk to me like, hey, you know, like I wish we had more avenues for for us and uh, you know like or hey, so and so might be struggling a bit. Can you talk to them? Uh, you know, so just looking out for each other and uh, yeah. you know letting people know like, hey, it's a tough job. You know, like I said, we got to be there for each other. We got to be there for the community. If we're not there for each other, we can't be there for the community. And you can't be there for yourself. You got you got to figure shit out to get like, right? You know, you're numero uno right there. Like you, if you're not there, right, on the job. So say you're you're dealing with issues, right, and right. like you're you're struggling, and then you go on a call, but you can't help this patient because you're having issues with yourself, right? Then what fucking good are you? Right. You know what I'm saying, like. Uh, it sounds kind of shitty, but but that's what I'm saying. Like you can't, you're not gonna be able to do your job and help this patient if you yourself are fucked up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, right. I mean, it, it all kind of comes full circle, is what I'm getting at there, I guess. Well, and and you know, speaking of full circle, especially in my industry, you know, I, with being with the school, I, we've got people that come in, and this is brand new to them. They're super excited about this industry, like they want to learn something, and then they'll go out in the field and work some shifts or, you know, do some clinical stuff and they'll come back and they'll be like, man, like everyone was just in a bad mood. Like they just hated their job. Um, you know, and so, you know, we talk about a cycle. Well, we get all these new people that are willing to bring all this great stuff to the table, but you have some people that are super, um, you know, mad, mad at their career, what mad at whatever, yes, just super salty and taking it out on these new people. Well, here we go. That's just, it's just adding fuel to the fire. And, uh, you know, just something that's got to change. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a vicious cycle. It is a vicious cycle. You know, like, and it doesn't help. Like you said, like, you know, everybody's struggling for employees right now. Yeah. And that goes, that, that's just like, if you go to fucking Taco Bell, right. Well, you can't go in the lobby because they don't have enough employees to sustain the lobby and the drive-thru. Yep. Right? Yeah. Which, that's fucking Taco Bell. That's a fast food restaurant. Like, that's mm-hmm. not a big deal. I'm going to air quote that. But then if you think about it on the same note where you go to, like, you know, police yep. or 
fire departments or EMS. Shit, what was it? Norman Fire Department not too long ago had a um, one of their engines set up outside of their station, and they said this engine is inoperable due to oh, yeah. lack of yep fun uh, or uh, it wasn't funny. It was um, manpower pretty manpower. much. Yeah. yeah, because they don't have enough employees. Yeah, the fucking and Norman's a pretty damn big town. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's what probably the third or four, uh, third or fourth largest. City, yeah. in Oklahoma. Yeah, it's all it's all blending to one. You know, yeah. I mean everything. But but yeah, you're I mean right. it's it's a you know it's a outskirts of Oklahoma City pretty much. Right. And they have they they have this engine sent out front of their fire station because they don't have enough employees to run it. Mm-hmm. So think about the wild. difference between you can't run a Taco Bell compared to you can't run you know a first responder. Yep. Industry, you know, whether it be like I said, fire, police, EMS, whatever it is, yeah, absolutely. You know, those are essentials. Like that's what. If if I'm in an, an emergency, I'm not gonna call Taco Bell. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, right. well, you might. Yeah, I might. It depends I mean, on the emergency. I mean, you can't oh. go. You can't go wrong with Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, in Oklahoma is really one of the. One of the largest okay. states right now for uh, medical marijuana, and I say medical yeah. very loosely. You know, you get loose. Those are fun patients around. <laughs> yeah, you get. Right. I you, wish we had treatment for that. You, you oh, get, here's some Doritos. Yeah, right. <laughs> that'd be great, dude. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Man, I got a whole case of Pringles. Yeah. Fucking. We are good to go. <laughs> got a whole. We are stocked and locked. Cookies. Yeah. And then we have some chicharrones. Yeah. Have. TV up in the corner of the truck, you know. Have some, Hell yeah! Some Rick and Morty or something. Rick and Morty, yeah, South Park, <laughs> South Park. <laughs> I mean, I would definitely. Uh, that would be a career changer right there. So, but it would. Uh, that'd save some lives, wouldn't it? Uh, or at least make work a little bit less boring some days. Yeah, a little more bearable. But you know, I always tell people like, "Hey, you're more than welcome to." Uh, you know, come out and see what we're all about just to kind of get an understanding of what we do, um, you know, kind of the interventions that we do. Because, uh, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of people don't know how, uh, you know, the critical skills that we can do. And it's pretty impressive, the stuff that, you know, we've got protocols for. And, and uh, oh, absolutely. And, you know the schooling that we have to go through is is pretty extensive. I mean, you know that, and uh, that's just a few like online classes, right? You get on there, and it's like just, just a few computer-based training, yeah. like you know, yeah, thirty minutes, much. like thirty minutes of your time. You watch some videos, you play some, you know, what-if scenarios, and now you're certified, right? That's right. all it is. You just pay your money to the state, and yeah, it's not a big deal. They'll send you a license, and you're that's good to pretty go. much how it goes. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much how you get your medical marijuana license in Oklahoma. Oh, I have headaches. You need weed for that. Hey, revenue, right? Tell you what, I'm, not against, I'm not against it a, by any means. I'm just saying. Like, if anyone ever tries to throw a fucking NG tube down my nose again in my throat. All right, listen. Over. Look, they try to give me that at least <clears throat> twice a year. And every now and then I'd be like, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. But every time I'm like, gosh, damn it. 
every fucking time because they don't measure it or they don't fucking lube it right and like it's just it's just Shoot, not a pleasant, it's just it's not a pleasant experience you just gotta cough a little bit it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not a pleasant experience at all I threw up so much I mean anything getting shoved up your nostrils probably not the most pleasant unless it's cocaine no. well that'd be alright yeah <laughs> so but, uh, I wouldn't either. But. That that's a different story for another time. But uh, you know, EMS is is a love hate relationship for sure. You get a lot of good people in there, and and uh, you know, it uh, has its ups and ups and downs. And um, you know, one of those industries where, hey, the community the community uh, needs you needs the the service, and one of these days it may not be there. Um, which is pretty yeah, fucking terrifying to think about you know yeah. uh, even on the, like the volunteer firefighter side seeing like the funding and how how much we need people to be involved mm-hmm. like we, we need the community to be involved just to keep us afloat right and you know a lot of people don't think that it's a big deal or whatever so they don't want to donate or they don't want to be part of like fundraisers and stuff like that and like you have to realize like you know right here where where I'm at mm-hmm. if something happens to you like you have minutes right to live right and if we don't have the funding or the the manpower to come get you and help you right then you're pretty much just fucked well you know with that being said i mean i'm not trying to right now we have two trucks yeah at our station and if we send one to the city Mm-hmm. Which is pretty typical, uh, and then we have one on another call. Guess what? Yeah, you're at least an hour out. I mean, yeah. so because what I mean, I'm just gonna guess was like 30 minutes at least to get from here to the city. Probably a little bit more than that. Yeah, that's probably about 35. Yeah, so, so about 35 minutes to yeah. get from there to the city and then back. So that's an hour and 10 minutes, right? Yeah. Well, if a lot of people don't have an hour and ten minutes to live. No. Nope. And depending on what the issue is. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That just proves my point right there. Like, you, no one wants to be involved with it mm-hmm. and donate or be part of the fundraisers or whatever. And you pretty much you're just fucking yourselves. But it's, uh, it's a scary thought. But Yeah, it really is. I mean, that's like people who move out to the middle of nowhere. You know, it's like, well... Probably should have thought of that before you moved out to the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But that is what it is. Yeah, that's just the way things are going. But but it was another thing, too. Is like, so talking about getting people involved in things and, you know, in your community. Um, Hell, talking to people about the podcast we have or even the Facebook page we have, it's funny the different reactions that I'll get. You know, sometimes usually like military veterans are all about it just because they understand because you know we're losing at least 22 a day which the statistics show it's actually more than that like like, yeah and i think oklahoma is the highest yeah that's because our fucking va sucks big ass goddamn donkey dicks but that's another story for another time But, but trying to get people involved in it and i'm not I'm not being like, hey, man, like, 
listen to us or follow us because we want likes, we want this. That's not the point. The point is we want to get more people involved in it. Right. You know, so we have more people that are involved, the more people that have an outlet. Right. Or, you know, we get, the, the, more, the more people we can help. Right. You're building a network. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. you know. But um, I've talked to a few fire departments. For example, one on Tinker, where mm-hmm. I work. Yep. And when I, when I said something to them about it, they're just like, whatever, dude. Right. And I'm like, all right, well, all I said was, listen, like, if you guys ever have issues. First, I asked them, I said, do you guys have a chaplain? I'm like, no, nah, we don't anymore. We used to, like, five years ago, but right. not anymore we don't. Right. And I'm like, well, hey, man, like, you know, I got this thing going. Mm-hmm. We have a podcast, Facebook page, and just trying to help out with, you know, people that have PTSD and stuff. And they're like, yeah, fuck you. And I was like, right. well, cool, man. I guess fuck you too, man. Mm-hmm. But there's just reactions that people have that they're I think for a lot super of people, defensive yeah, that's, for no fucking reason. That's their initial reaction a lot yeah. of times is I don't need that or, you know. Yeah, you you might not right now, right. but wait until some fucking bad shit happens right. or you go on a really terrible call right. and now you're having issues. Well, you know, I think sometimes we get caught up on the real terrible call because, you know, just the the career itself can be super stressful and I mean, you can go your whole career without, you know, getting into some quote-unquote real crazy shit, um, you know, and, it, you know, it's just, yeah, there are calls out there that are, you know, you can't unsee stuff, right? right. It's always stuck with you, unfortunately, you're, you know, but, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, people are different. You, you may be fine your whole career dealing with it your whole career and then one day that one thing's just gonna hit right and then you're just gonna snap or there may be someone that just started out never dealt with this in their lives yeah and now automatically they're like what what's going on i've never never had this happen before oh and you don't think that's the way it's going to be when you start this career either right you know and I explain, I, I try to explain this a lot to people when they ask me, like, how the Marine Corps was or, you know, being in the military and stuff. And I'm like, you know, it's not at all, like, it's nothing like I thought it was going to be. Right. Like, yeah, I've seen a bunch of movies, played all the video games and seen all the weird shit or whatever. But, like, when you are there and you experience it, like, firsthand in real life, it's just not the same shit. Right. You know? Everything's just, you know, surreal. <clears throat> you know, it's almost like walking through it. It's almost like it's not real life. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I've I can't attest for anybody else, but I've I've definitely had those days where you you know you do get into some you know crazy calls or whatever, and you're just out of it. You're yeah. out of it. You don't you know really know what's going on. I mean, you're there, but not really. You're just right. kind of in this this haze, um, which can kind of be scary. Actually, it is scary. You don't really know what's going on. But uh, um, so, yeah, there's just different different things that you got to watch out for. And you know, if you if you can recognize them uh, <clears throat> yourself, then I guess that's the first one of the first steps, in my opinion. Well, that and you have to realize. Like, if you are having these issues, you know, like I said earlier, you, you have, you're having nightmares or, you know, you, you just can't fall asleep or you're reliving events, that's when it's time to reach out. Right. 
that's when you need to seek help. Right. You know, and it if you don't if you feel like that um, talking to a psychiatrist is like just a little bit too far fetched for you, mm-hmm. then reach out to one of your fucking buddies, man. Like reach out to somebody who has been in similar situations. Right. You know, chewed the same dirt as you. You know, shit like that, and just be like, hey, man, like I'm kind of struggling a little bit. You know, and then hopefully your buddy's gonna be like. Well, fuck yeah, man. Like, what's going on? Like, how, how can I help you? Right. Like, you know, or just, I mean, even just talking about it, mm-hmm. you know, like, so if I just come to you and be like, hey, like, I'm struggling with some shit and like, you know, like, yeah, we were different sides of the spectrum here, but like, you're going to listen to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like, well, here's my issue. This is what I'm dealing with. Like, yeah, fuck man. Like, right. you know, and then you, you can come up with some way that you can kind of relate for like your experiences. You know what right. I'm saying? And believe it or not, like, that is a fucking huge deal. Right. I've seen, like, through the VA, I can't even count the, uh, like, the number of psychiatrists that I've had to talk to or needed to talk to or whatever. And they just, you know, it's, it's a job for them also. So they just kind of go through the, the motions and they get, like, they have a little checklist they ask you questions right. of or whatever. Right. But then just talking about it, just venting about it, like we talked about earlier, to somebody else who has similar, you know, experiences, yeah. mm-hmm. makes a fucking world of difference. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I always feel way better about, you know, just myself and my situation after I've talked to somebody. Right. But there's a lot of people that are too proud or they're too manly or whatever you think it is to talk to somebody about because you don't want to be seen as weak right. or as a coward or like a little bitch. Quit being a pussy. Suck it up. Right. That's what we're trying to get away with here. Like, we're trying to do away with the whole stigma. Like, men men can't have emotions. Men can't cry because right. that's, you're, now you're just a little bitch or whatever. That's not the fucking truth. Right. It's not. And that's why, that's why everybody's fucking killing themselves right, right now. And that's a huge fucking problem. Right. Across the board. Absolutely. You know, not even just, like, fire, police, EMS, military veterans. Like, fucking everybody's doing it. Yep. Everybody's killing themselves. Yep. And it's terrible. That's what we're trying to... We're trying to do away with that shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know... It's a scary thought... To think... You know, when those thoughts start coming in your head... Like, what if I actually did this? You know? Or you're in a moment... And you're like... Okay, I'm having these thoughts now... Do... I, this is really scaring me, you know. Um, and you, you don't want to be in that situation. Um, I, you know, sometimes you have certain thoughts where you're like, eh, you know, but then it's those dark times when you're by yourself alone with your thoughts and you're like, I, I should not be alone right now. Well, that, so people, they, they, when you get to that point, you feel like there's nothing else. Right available for you right right? and you feel like no one's gonna understand you no one's gonna you know try to help you or whatever it is and that's that's why we're here right like reach out to us right you know what i'm saying because we have people or we ourselves have been through the same things that you're going through and we'll talk to you and you know just you're not alone right you know there's always somebody who has been through probably pretty damn near the same fucking scenario that you're trying to kill yourself over right now. Right. You know, 
and it's just we don't talk about it right because it's kind of taboo and um you know the whole manliness right like you got to be a fucking man deal with it well and, and just what hey. i've learned too Go. is sometimes Go. you know even if you can't relate to what's Go. going on you can just listen Mm-hmm. And exactly, you know, actually, sometimes trying not to relate to somebody could be better, in my opinion. You're just sitting there listening, you know, because they're they may get defensive or something like that, and you you don't want to put yourself into the, their shoes, I guess. Sometimes, uh, just in my experience, so. But uh, absolutely, it's it's been a learning experience for me, and. I know sometimes in our career, like, it's a very common occurrence. You know, we may run a call, and we'll get home, and we're bringing this stuff home with us, you know, and we'll start actually kind of looking like, uh, oh, I got this person's blood all over me. Right. You know, and you hadn't even had a chance to wash it off, and now you start truly processing, I just, that just happened, and... Uh, you know, so you know, having <clears throat> to transition from balls to the wall to going back to your, you know, house and your wife and kids, norm, or normal whoever normal sees per se. Yeah. yeah, you know, switching your mindset is pretty pretty tough. Well, on that note though, so we've been going at this for now hour and almost an hour and a half. Yep. Um, I think it's probably about time we wrap it up a little bit. Yeah, so, Derek. What do you, uh, what did you take from this episode? Yeah, I, I really liked, uh, something that <clears throat> I've addressed there with, uh, you know, we, we don't all cope the same way. And that's something I kind of want to drive home just a little bit more. We don't, we tend to, you know, use dark humor. That doesn't mean that you have to. Uh, that doesn't mean that's the only way we communicate. That doesn't mean that's the only way we're going to help you. Uh, if you guys reach out to us, we're going to have serious talks with you. We're going to listen. We're going to do whatever we have to do on our end to be there for you. So just because we joke around a lot and we're, you know, goofy assholes, it doesn't mean that's just our personality all the time. You know, when shit gets real and when shit's serious we're gonna be there for you so don't be afraid to reach out you know we are lighthearted people by nature like by just natural traits and that's how we are but we have it in us to do whatever we have to do and whatever we need to do to help so uh, don't be afraid to reach out and like Evan said, I mean, we all cope different. Cope how you have to, and let us know what you need. Yeah, so on that, you know, I guess from what I took from all this was pretty much exactly what Derek just said. You know, yeah, we talk about dark humor, that's how we deal with things, but that's that's how we deal with things. And we understand that not everybody else does the same thing we do so we're not gonna if, if you do reach out to us with something 
don't be afraid to reach out and think that we're going to make a joke about it because that's not the case. We're going to take it seriously. You know, we're not going to turn that into a joke. Like, it's, we're going to be serious about it to try to, to help you out or help you get the help that you need. You know? And, um, again, like I always say at the end of every episode, it, just don't be a fucking cocksucker. You know, if someone comes to you and says they're struggling, fucking listen to them. You know what I mean? Try to help them out. Whether you believe in it or not, it might not be as real to you as it is to them. Right. And, again, reach out and touch somebody. Mm-hmm. Somebody you've served with, somebody that you work with who has dealt with some situations. Maybe somebody you've seen on Facebook that always posts stupid-ass memes, but they haven't posted in, you know, a week or two. Just hit them up and be like, hey, man, what's up? How you been? How's things going? You, you never know. That might that might be the difference right there because they might be struggling, and just the fact of you reaching out to them might change their fucking mind. So yeah, absolutely, that's, that's, reach out and touch somebody. Yeah, reach out and touch somebody. Evan. Well, uh, firstly, thank you you all for having me on this podcast. It's thank you for being part of it. A huge honor. Uh, you know, this is a step outside of my comfort zone. But I understand now that, uh, you know, I got to be a leader and I've, I've got to be someone that kind of uh, is, is going to be there for, for other people. And, and for me to do that, I have to be willing to um, deal with it myself and, and uh, you know, set the example. And I feel like this has been a great way for me to do that, uh, you know, and, and maybe people have seen a side of me they've never seen before because, um, uh, you know, I'm not that open uh, all the time um, so this has given me the opportunity to do that and to kind of uh, educate uh, hopefully the people that are listening kind of the insight of uh, you know my industry and the stuff that we deal with and and uh, get, getting some insight on on some of the uh, stuff that you all deal with and uh, you know hopefully in the future this grows to something uh, you know that's uh, beneficial and I, and I think it's you know definitely is beneficial already but uh, uh, grows beyond its means and and uh, I'm, I'm I'm all in you know so huge honor I appreciate you guys doing this and uh, uh, anytime uh, you want me back on I'm, I'm available so thank you all oh, yeah I think we, we definitely need to have you and and your brother on for a, a Jenkins I, you know I, I pro- kind of promise stories. I'm not this serious you know yeah so I think that'd be made for a great show. Well, maybe. Yeah, I think it'd be a great time too. <laughs> or, yeah. or we can just film and you guys just fucking throw down. I have, I have a wrestling mat. See that? No, uh, I don't know. Yeah, there's a wrestling mat right there. So oh. we might just have to film that. Hell yeah. Pay per view that. Hell yeah. No, no Hell thank yeah, you guys. It's, it's, uh, it's been a privilege. So uh, you no, guys, thank are doing, you, man. you're doing a great job here, and and uh, glad to be a part of it. Me too, man. Uh, but I guess that being said, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, check us out on uh, Facebook on the Never Broken Society of Misfits. Join the community and, uh, well, reach out, touch somebody, and don't be a cocksucker. Don't be a cocksucker. Hang on, another thing I want to say, though. The National Suicide Hotline has changed to 988. 
So we just want to yep. throw that in there again. If you ever need anything. Nine eight eight. A lot easier. So <clears throat> if you ever need anything and you uh, can't get all of one of us and it's that bad, reach out, call that number. So thank you guys. Appreciate listening in for another week of fun and shenanigans. Appreciate it, guys. Well, thank you. <laughs>